For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and tonight I'm joined by Kev McCluskey, and we're here to discuss Celtic One Lazio Two. It feels cruel. It feels like a missed opportunity, Kevin. Um, that second half. I mean, again, I, I feel as though there were periods of nothingness, and then obviously it burst into action. We think we've won the game. Um, the, the smallest of touches on Maeda's boot means that uh, Palmer was offside. And then in the 95th minute, we'll lose that goal at the end. And it's Carter Vickers who loses the ball, a man who's been a titan for Celtic over two years. What do you make of that second half? Oh, um, firstly, just feeling I've been absolutely gutted right now about how that went. Yeah, Barry O'Sullivan says absolutely sick. That's how I feel right now. Um, gosh. Hey. Try and get emotion aside in this one. That was a really good second half performance up until the final 30 seconds. Um, those moments of nothingness that you mentioned there, I felt were like controlled nothingness. It was part of the game plan, I felt. We we were looking really good in possession, comfortable on the ball, patient play. And then in the last kind of 10, 15 minutes, when we wanted to up the tempo, we did. We started to create some chances. The game was absolutely there for the taking. Um, there's a few of my notes are saying that, actually. I don't know if I should admit to this one, but I've, I've probably jinxed the result at the end because I've just finished writing up some notes to say, uh, you know, we deserve the three points, not just the one. Because uh, the game was absolutely there. And I felt this might it might be a game that would come back to haunt us in the sense that, we only took the one point instead of the three when it was there. And now it's just absolutely gotten. Um, we've, we've got nothing. It's one mistake. It's probably the one mistake that a centre-half, any out of the three of them, made in the, in the entire game. Carter Vickers just getting caught in the ball. And the one man out of the three that you wouldn't suspect that to happen to because he's been such a rock and so dependable for the last couple of seasons. He chooses now to make the mistake. I don't know, should you give Lazio credit for it though? They transitioned really well once they got the ball though. They were on it. Um, it's a great cross to the back post. Incredible for Riley's head. And again, Gutton, smallest man in the park, probably smaller than me, scores by a header. I wouldn't say that. Sickening. But um, you've got to be proud to a degree. I don't know, sorry. You've got to be proud to a degree of, um, of the performance. But 
the comments that are coming in kind of saying, seen this before, deja vu, Groundhog Day, it's all true. It was a game, it was a game that was there for the taking that we could have and should have won. And we're coming away with a hard luck story once again. The emotions, they're, they're so mixed in that second half because I do think, and it might be hard after the game and after that sucker punch at the end, I do think there was elements of that game that we actually did really well. We really did. And in the second half, like I say, we said at half time, there are periods of the game where it looks as though nothing much is happening. It's not wave after wave of attack, but we're controlling the game. We're nullifying the opponent and then we hit them and we did that. And we scored the, what we thought was a legitimate goal. You look back on it, and it's 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 honestly the laces the laces from the laces on it. Um, and and it's a sore one to take. But then even at one each, I'm looking at it and, and I'm thinking we are still in control here. 89th minute, Celtic are still in control. You get the six minutes added on at that point. You think to yourself. Brilliant, because Celtic are going to be the, the team that actually takes it on. It wasn't to be. Um, Boheed Bob, obviously a big Red Dwarf fan. Smeg says Boheed Bob. <laughs> um, we have no luck. Stephen, you know what? Sometimes you need that little bit of luck. And I know that people are going to be saying, no, this is naivety. This is the same old story. This is Celtic not having won a Champions League game at home in 10 years. This is Celtic not having won a Champions League group game since 2017. I get it. Uh, all those facts don't really stack up to an element of luck. But you do feel like that after a game, like the game we've just watched, Kev. We're going to be having a look through it. There's a moment, and I've got to bring it up, 77th minute, there's a moment when Liam Scales tries to win a Champions League game against Lazio with an overhead bicycle kick. This is the kind of season we're having this season because I never thought I'd ever say that. Um, James Pearson, 88, it's really hard lines and fine margins in the Champions League. You can't be anything more than proud of Celtic and Brendan this evening, says James. I am immensely proud of our team. That's a, that's a word you've used, Kev. And I don't think, to be fair, I don't think in saying that, you're being defeatist or you're lacking ambition. You watched that game tonight um, and it was, a, it was a decent game. It was a decent game of football. Anyone watching it and looking at the margins that, that James is talking about, it was 50-50 all the way through the game. I think by the end of the game, I, I would, wouldn't mind seeing the final stat. We were sitting at about 51% possession. It was a very, you know, even match. People might say, well, they're the 16th team in, the, in Serie A. Well, they finished second last season. Um, and they've started off this campaign pretty well as well. It's two draws for them. Um, a draw and a win. Two draws, I wish. A draw and a win for them. Um, so I'm not going to get overly critical of the team. You've got a defender there in Cameron Carter-Vickers who you could hang your coat on every single week for the last two years. When he's come on, it's the right decision. Let's not look back at it and say we shouldn't have brought him on. Phillips is on a booking. Uh, he's not played 90 minutes for Celtic. You bring on Carter Vickers and you think it's going to shore the defence up. No one would have thought he's the guy that's going to um, ponder on the ball and, and lose the ball the way that he did, Kevin. So it's going to be, I think, extremely harsh to have a, a right go at Celtic tonight. The Kurgan, they shouldn't have won this, uh, is what he says, as simple as that. And John Sweeney, Again, our poor summer transfer window comes back to haunt us as Lazio were there for the taking. They were. They were. But in terms of transfers, we've spoken about this, Kevin. The team that Brendan is using at the moment, there are very few new players in the team. 
Um, I mean, I know that Yang started on the right and that Phillips started uh, in the central defensive area, but there's not a great deal of new players within that starting 11. Um, and, you know, when you look at the players that we've signed up on permanent deals and um, long-term contracts, it is frustrating because you think, imagine we did have the two or three guys who could make a difference, guys who can really make an instant impact in that starting 11. I don't think we brought many of those in, and that is frustrating. I, I take what John's saying there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's uh, actually if you go back to James Pearson's point before and it, it matches in with John's, there, it's the fine margins. If we made the one, two extra first 11, first team, first start, yes, first 11 signing, sorry, but getting tongue tied there. If we made those one or two extra like first team signings that were going to walk into the, the starting 11, that would probably have seen us over the line today, you would suspect, you know, it was, it's absolute fine margins that has done us. Uh, and that's, that for me is going to be the most frustrating thing out of tonight. I think I can sit here and be really proud of the performance that they put in for like 94 minutes. Be disappointed with one mistake that's cost us the game. But have a little bit more anger, I suppose, might be the word, that it's the fine margins and it's always the fine margins. And when is it going to turn in our favour? When are we actually going to get get a win? Oops, there's a cat coming in. When are we actually going to get a win by fine margins rather than getting uh, than being on the, on the receiving end of a, another narrow defeat? It's, it's very disappointing. But, yeah, on the whole, it was a really good performance. It was controlled. We um, we we matched we matched a Syria side as he said that finished second in the league last season. They're no mugs. They might have started the league season slow this season, but they're a good team. We took them pretty far. It's just um, it's just a case of we need to find whatever the missing link is at the moment to push those fine margins in our favour. And it might have been Palmer if Mera doesn't get a touch on that ball and he scores. That could have been the moment that changes this whole conversation and we talk about a 2-1 win rather than a 2-1 defeat. Mm-hmm. No, I know. And at the beginning of the game, when the start 11 had come out, and this isn't, again, an opportunity for us to get really, you know, go and hard on, on Yang, I was surprised that Palmer never started because of the impact he'd made at the weekend. But but also because, and you've said it as well, the performance against Feyenoord, Although he was criticised in some quarters, I felt that there was a period of that game where he started to find his groove, Kevin. And uh, after maybe the half-hour period of stepping up to a different level of football, I felt that he played OK against uh, Feyenoord. So I was surprised he wasn't picked in the start of loving. But again, it's all right saying that after the event, he did come on and he did make an impact. And I feel gutted for him and I feel gutted for Celtic tonight. And every single person who's tuning in actually on the on the stream. Most naive team in Europe, says Stephen Duffy. Uh, we've also got Brian Dooley, same old story. Um, and the run continues, CJ7. And what could have been uh, Rob D, same old story on repeat. There's a lot of frustration in the comments section. There is no doubt about it. And Davy Boy um, as well, one of the most painful, that hurt. I don't think we were naive, though. I would take, not umbrage of that, but I would argue back against that one. I don't think we were naive tonight. I thought... That's that's an individual error. It's an individual error. It's an individual error. As as much as we loved Angie's style of football last season, I have a feeling that playing 
Angie's style against that Lazio team would have resulted in a bigger defeat for us tonight because of the way when they win the ball, the transitions are so quick. I mean, we'd be committing more players forward for more of the game. I thought tonight we actually played a really good game. It was a 50-50 even game. We were really patient on the ball when we had it. We controlled it. We didn't try and force the issue when it wasn't necessary. We were pretty calm most of the time we had it. Last 10-15 minutes when the chances were there, that's when we started to pick the tempo up. We we played a, we had the game plan, I think. You know, if we're drawing with 15 minutes to go, raise it, try and get the winner. And we were we were really close to getting it. I, I don't think we were naive. I don't think we overcommitted to anything. I don't think we undercommitted and allowed them to come come on to us and dominate us at any point. It was one one individual error. And you know it's so so sad that James said that right at the very beginning of the show. Yeah, it'd be an individual error that costs us. Uh, I didn't want him to be right on that one. I wanted him to be right in Kyogo getting his first goal, and he did. He was right with that. But um, I wish he'd stop being right at that point. <laughs> I want to speak about some individual performances, but I, I, you know I, I think it's right to start with, with Brendan Rogers. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. CJ is second. Same old story. SNP fan. Alan Nolan, sorry, the goal was offside. And the response to that is, it wasn't offside, get a grip. So, obviously, there is some frustration in there. And uh, last season, it was, we never stop. Brian reckons it's, we never learn. Same old story in Europe, says Brian Murphy. So, keep the comments coming in. Do you? What do you think we have learned tonight? If we don't learn time and time again, as I say, 10 years since we won a Champions League game at Celtic Park, what has Brennan Rogers learned about his side tonight, Kevin? Um, I think he's learned that we're a side that is capable of taking these kind of games at Celtic Park and making them a game. Uh, we have a team now that is, it's got that extra year's European experience that they got from last season. You can see as the game went on, most of the guys looked to be pretty comfortable in the game. Somebody like O'Reilly, maybe wasn't his sparkling best, but he he was comfortable. He, he looked as if he belonged in the occasion of tonight. I think he's probably learned that. We've got you know guys that can play at this level. He'll have learned though that what we don't have is the killer touch at this level, and that's the biggest thing. Because if we had someone that could play that final pass every time or every other time at this level, if we had someone else other than Kyogo that you you would kind of put and beg a house on was going to score. That would make a big difference. But um, I think there's a lot of positives that he can take away if, if, if he wants to. You know, He's learned that we're, we're close, but we're just not quite there. Um, but sticking to his plan, we might get there. Well, I, I, I mean, during that entire game, I, I think there were periods of the, the game where Celtic were in complete control. I think that you know they did nullify the threat of Lazio, but there was just that feeling in the back of your mind, and it had already been implanted there by James by saying that, uh, and at half time there was a good comment that said the minute your concentration level drops below that 100%, yeah. that 1% is killer. It's absolutely key. Now, there's some individuals getting a, a right hard time in, it in the comments section there, and I think that when you look at the one individual error, and it's fallen at the feet of Cameron Carter-Vickers, but in the first half, we've not defended a corner 
I know that James was unhappy with the way that, that Joe Hart dealt with the, the shot. But we've not defended the corner either. And that is basics. And that is maybe the naivety that the commenter was making earlier, the point he was making about yeah. being naive. That, that's a corner kick. Yeah, you've, got to defend. Point. you've got to defend it. And I think against Motherwell, we spoke about the goal that Blair Spittle scored and we obviously won the header, but we didn't defend the second ball. So these are the things that we've got to do better. And I know that we've, had, we've been right up against it with the injury crisis. We've had plenty of uh, permutations in the central defensive area. But, you know, overall, I think Skills had an absolutely tremendous game. I think um, uh, Phillips, you know, equipped, equipped himself pretty well. When he came off, he looked, looked absolutely gutted, but it has to come off. And this is the thing, there's a point here, whose news says CCV should never have been put on. Well, when he's come on uh, as a sub, I'm looking at that thinking he's going to shore it up. That's, that's by the way, 60 minutes in. So you just know that's been the plan before the game. 60 minutes in, we're going to give Carter Vickers the last half hour. At that stage, Phillips hasn't played a 90 minutes game of football for the entirety of the season so far. Um, and he's just coming back from injury. So I can see why Carter Vickers going in. And, and by the way, Kev, no one would have expected him to make the mistake. So I, d- I don't agree with that. I think Carter Vickers came on. I was delighted when he came on. And up to that point, he did, he did everything right. Yeah, uh, it, it feels a little bit like, a, in hindsight, kind of a comment to say that he should never have come on. It feels like it was part of the plan that he was going to come on because it happens on the hour mark. So it's probably something that they've they've discussed before. You know, same as Phillips coming on kind of at the same time against Motherwell. Um, and it was it was it was actually a substitution that probably gave you a bit of belief again almost in the defence and in the team because you've got that talisman on the park at the back he's going to show you up he'll be you know he's usually been a rock so I think it was um, I think it was a change that was planned I think it was one that probably gave the fans a bit of a boost as well to have you know well, you back in the team yeah. And, and he's, he is normally so reliable. So, uh, yeah, still, I would have put more money on scales being the one that would make the mistake out of having Carter Vickers if either one of them was to. And I wasn't putting money on scales making that mistake tonight because I thought he was solid he for, was. The, for the full game. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's not one of those things that anyone could ever have seen coming. Well, the, the thing is, if you... For example, come on to the, 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 the post-match and you see a certain player didn't play well, what you've got to do is back it up. You've got to say he didn't play well because of this. Uh, Carter Vickers made one mistake. Liam Scales, for me, you know, I, I don't remember any moments, I've certainly not noted any moments down where, you know, I, I thought that he gave away possession too often or he was out of position. He won Plenty of tackles, he covered up, he showed up the lefty area of the park. We spoke about that at half time. And um, he looked the most assured of the central defensive partnership in the first half. Brian Murphy, well done, Liam Scales. And Gong, the golfer, Scales, outstanding. What is wrong with some people? It would seem that Scales is even getting a, a half time in the comments section. But in terms of what Brendan Rogers has learned, I think what he might have learned is that um, he's probably come out of that transfer. In fact, no, probably about it. He spoke about it. He's come out of the transfer window thinking that he's not got everything he wanted. Um, he's maybe bemoaning that, looking at that, thinking that little bit of extra quality might have been what tipped that in our balance. You imagine a jotter tonight 
instead of a yang. You know, that, that is a massive drop down in quality. Um, it's a regression in quality. From what I've seen in Palma, uh, I don't think that he's going to reach the heights of, of Jota, but he, he gives us something. I, I like what I'm seeing from, from Palma so far. Um, but yeah, it's just that little bit of quality in the final third. We saw it with Kyogo. Kyogo's finish with the, with the wee touch from O'Reilly. It was a magnificent goal. And you can't forget the fact that we opened them up so easily in that first 12 minutes of the game, Kevin. And I thought to myself there was going to be more occasions uh, throughout. But we, we definitely do lack a bit of killer edge up, up top, uh, a cutting edge. And, and Yang, for me, uh, was a bit of a passenger for, for some spells of that game. But you can't, you've got to defend a corner in the Champions League. There's going to be occasions domestically where you get away with it. We didn't against Motherwell. We didn't tonight against uh, a much better side in, in Lazio. But how do you manage Yang? Because even at half-time, we were talking and we were thinking, well, you know what? You could probably take him off and it would be justified. Is Rogers looking at that situation, thinking that's two starts in a row and getting hooked at half-time twice isn't going to do the boys' confidence any good? Yeah, I get that kind of thing must come into the manager's thoughts when he's going to make his substitutions because well he's a man manager more than anything or as much as anything as Rogers so he will be thinking about that how does it affect the player um he's he's probably also taking him aside he's seen how he's feeling at half time and if he's taking on board what he's telling him and when he went out in the second half he was he was more effective I thought in the first 10 minutes of the second half than he was in the, the first 45 maybe that's because he had a low bar to, to pass but he was he was getting a little bit more involved but I think I think he's a player that we've spoken about as being someone that looks pretty dangerous when he gets the ball domestically he wants to take his man on and run at them I think if we're going on about learnings from Rodgers he's probably learned that this is too much of a step up for Yang at the moment mm-hmm. but in terms of fit wingers he was probably the most fit and most match fit winger so he has to play him I wouldn't be surprised if he takes him out for the weekend uh, and rests him up there. Maybe that's when Palmer gets a start. Maybe Forrest. Seen someone putting in the chat there as well about young Rocco Vata. Maybe he gets gets called up there. But I think in terms of today, as much as I would probably have taken Yang off at halftime based purely on performance, Rogers is thinking about other things as well. So keeping him on didn't keeping him on didn't cost us the game in any way. So, well, well, the thing with, with, with Vata, I think the, the key here is I'm going to bring this up. I, I like Vata, um, and I think that we need to start bringing him into the squads. But what I saw on the right hand side there was a, a massive drop in quality from what we had last season, and that that's the frustration. So you go into a transfer window, and this is going back to one of the original points, and you're wadded. You can go out and spend money. You can buy that quality, Kevin. Right? And when people say, "Ah, it's not as easy as that," well. Other teams are buying quality, and we do have, um, you know, a recruitment team where it's been, you know, that it's been lauded over the last two years for the business that it's done in the transfer market. Andrew Phillips says here, hopefully in January the board will buy some quality players, but I think that's back to front. You need to buy the quality players in to go into the Champions League. You know, by by January at the start of the season, if you sign them in January, you pay a January premium. If you're signing them in January, Kev. You're signing them for next season's Champions League, uh, you yes. know, and I don't think the it's, January business was good enough that, last time round. Yeah, it's that, or you're admitting that your summer transfer business wasn't good enough. 
you know, if you happen to go out and sign the first team players there. Uh, but on, on the point, yeah, we've got the money. We should be able to go out and sign a couple of better players than we have. We should have been able to go and get some more first team ready players. And it's not even about having to go and spend big money to do it. You know, if if the recruitment team is as good as we are led to believe it is, and we did do believe it is from the business it's done over the couple of seasons before, there are good players out there that we can get at our level. You know, the the the, the five seven million pound range that we are prepared to go to. There's good players there that we should be going after, and and you do see other teams going out and signing them. So you wonder why can't we? You know, we we are a big club. We've got a big appeal. We can pay the wages. There shouldn't really be anything that holds us back from going out and and improving the level of player that we're bringing in from time to time. It just seemed so sporadic over over the summer months. I mean, just because you've not heard of a player doesn't mean to say he's not good enough quality. So I never write people off until I see them in action and I observe their performance. Um, but we've brought in two players there from South Korea, Kwon, who we've not seen since pre-season and Yang who over the last couple of games is uh, I thought disappointed and then you look at the fact that we brought in uh, Tilio injured we brought in Phillips injured um, you know Naroki injured you know so there's been a bit there's been an element of bad luck there as well we knew Tilio was injured of course Palmer for me has impressed um, but when you're bringing in nine or ten players you, you want more than one to, to impress that's not a good ratio um, somebody on Facebook thinks it's funny uh, Mike Telfer, uh, what I find funny, you're talking about a low bar, Kev. If, if this is if this is what's funny to you, and if you support, I've got to put it out there. If you're supporting Rangers and you think tonight's funny, 18 league titles out of 24, pal. That's all I'm going to say, <laughs> because what we're looking at now is, is trying to improve in Europe. That's what Brendan Rodgers spoke about when he came to the club, improving and progressing in Europe. And I remember young James saying to him, "What does that look like? What is?" What is progress in Europe? Um, and, you know, he did say, well, getting a win in, in the group stages would be a good start. Um, so, yeah, we're still hoping to get that. And I've got to say as well uh, that Celtic giveth and Celtic taketh away, says the Rebel Treble. That takes me back to the old Not The View issues where they, they used to write kind of like a biblical section. And that's what that's reminded me of tonight. And back then, we certainly weren't a European force, that's for sure. Now, cooking with uh, Chef Dai says a fully fit CCV would have dealt with that. And I'm always of the belief that if you're not fully fit, you shouldn't be on the bench, Kev. You know, if you're on the bench, that's because you're fit. Um, so I'm not quite sure. Maybe no match sharp. Hence the reason he gets half an hour in the game. But I'm not quite sure he wasn't fit. He just seemed to dilly-dally. He's, he's kind of been out, out the side. And remember, he was out the side for a period before he came back as well. Now, Eileen Feek says we should have had it out of sight. Yeah, it does feel like that, unfortunately. And whose news scales was fairly incredible. I'm going to bring this one up as well, because this feeds into uh, Rio Atati's performance. Coming into this game, James McKenzie spoke about Hatati and the need for him to get a big performance, Kevin, in the Champions League. In fact, a big performance this season would be nice. But it's been a stop-start season for Hatati, and he was hooked eventually for uh, Paolo Bernardo, who I did think played pretty well when he came on. Um, and Danny says Bernardo needs to start games. He looks brilliant. It does look as though he's got something. We've not seen a great deal of him. But Hatati's performance, um, what did you make of that tonight? There was one... Hollywood box office pass 
I don't know if you remember that, where he's, he's split the defence with a brilliant pass. He did it once in the second half, but he didn't do it enough for me in that in that 90 minutes. No. So we talk a lot about Hatati, and when you talk about him in the domestic game, it's usually like in glowing terms because he's the standout player. He bosses games a lot in Scotland. And I said it in pre-season, I think it was at the James Forrest testimonial game, when it comes to European matches, I wouldn't always start him. And it's because he flatters to deceive for me at times in the European stage. You know he's a good player. You know he's got the killer pass in him. But in Europe, he maybe only gets one chance to play it in every game and it doesn't come off. Domestically, he gets more chances and, and you know it comes off more often than not. He struggles to find his rhythm in Europe, I think, with us. Uh, and it showed again tonight when he's up against that higher level of player. Still got, a, still got faith and confidence in him, though, that he, he can come good because he's only in what he's started the fourth season as an actual professional football player. So I think you need to remember that at times since he came through was it the college system in, in Japan. But uh, he's a player that's... He's improved year on year since we've had him and he needs to kick on again this season um, and he needs a big performance in Europe just in the same way that Kyogo needed to get his first goal. Hatati needs to come in and, and boss and control a game in Europe. I'm just not sure if he's actually got it in him and potentially it's the system we play or the players that are around him that don't allow him the freedom to go and do that. There's just something not quite there. But you know that the time it clicks, it's going to click big style. Mm. I was hoping after the, the contract talks were finalised, Kevin, that we could maybe see Hatati coming back to something like his best. Uh, tonight wasn't yeah, that, but I don't think he had a particularly bad game. And by the way, he took, he, a, he, took a, he took a punch or a, or a slap, or he, he certainly took an arm to the face in the first half as well. That's two weeks running he's had that. Yeah, and that was one actually James mentioned it uh, just at the end of the halftime show that we should have spoke about it in, uh, at halftime. I think that was a red card from the boy that done it. I can't remember who it was now, sorry. But uh, you see the Lazio player has a little look over his shoulder, swings the arm around and catches Atati. For me, that's it was deliberate. It looked like a red. Um, but yeah, if, if you talk about his performances in Europe, they're not to the standard that you expect given what he does domestically. But for this season as well and for now I'll give him a little bit the rub of the rub of the green or the benefit of the doubt rather um, so I meant to say that um, because we, we know from last season and the season before when he's been out it takes him three, four, five games to get properly back up and running and I think he's still going through that because he had such a stop start stop start start to the season Lucy reckons it's about confidence. Well, hopefully, Lucy, that the confidence yeah. comes back and attack because when he's firing on all cylinders, he's a special, special talent. Uh, Malky, Maddo, Bernardo, and Palma should start Saturday. Both look good. Wouldn't surprise me actually if they did. Mackenzie Coyle was Palma goal offside or VAR being bad? We never got a chance to see the VAR. Um, even if there was a VAR check on that, I was expecting it. There was an arm that might have played for him. Yeah. There was a, on the stream I had anyway that showed a, a check, a he is off. Yeah. Uh, graphic, he's off. We are fine. The team is doesn't touch it. Oh, doesn't touch it, he's on the site. Mm -hmm. We'll get better yeah. and better 
as we go. Well, yeah, th- there seems to be a cross-section here. There's there's people who are thinking that it's the same old story. We can't buy a win in the Champions League. But there's a few other comments coming through um, saying that, you know what, it's margins. Uh, Chloe Toy, 1992, that was a kick in the homos. Um, again, I don't mm-hmm. want to describe or explain what that is to any of our viewers outside of Glasgow or Scotland. Uh, JD, controlled possession, entire second half, but never really created enough chances with it. It felt like we would get one chance should be looking to bombard them with that sort of possession and control. This is what we've been talking about though, Kev. It's, it's, a, it's a different type of approach that we're getting under Brendan, where it is far more about control and we're not creating as many chances. And John Hughes spoke about it yesterday. The stats will back up. We're nowhere near creating the same level of chances. But um, we can kill a game. We can we can um, get in, in about the, the game plan of the opposition and affect that positively. And uh, unfortunately, it was just an individual error near the end of the game. And also the, the uh, inability to defend a corner. Um, and it's these margins that I think, by the way, I don't think it's beyond us to do that. It just, it does feel like Groundhog Day because we were talking about these margins last season, Kev. Talking about them last season, the season before, probably the season before that, it, it, is, it is that Groundhog feeling. Um, one of these days we'll get it right. <laughs> we have to. And we will. And this is it. I'm, I'm confident that we will. Now, thank you, everybody, for getting involved. And uh, we really appreciate all your support. Um, Galaxian reckons that we can buy £1 billion footballers and each position will do better. Um, it sounds a bit simplistic, but let's be honest. If Yang um, is is your replacement for, for Jota, then you're going to have a drop in quality. Jota was a, was a player that you couldn't replace like for like, but you could bring someone in who could develop into a player of that kind of standard, Kevin, and so far I've not seen it. Um, and it must be frustrating as well because, you know, we spoke about last season's recruitment. I'm not sure that was great either. Uh, Big O hasn't made the same impact this season as he did last season. He doesn't seem to have transitioned um, in the same way from Ange to to uh, Brendan style, has he? He's not making the same impact off the bench. No, he's not. He was one of the players I was really looking forward to, to seeing this season. And I think... Uh, Excuse me, I think in most games I do, I'll always say, you know, oh, if it's not working, look to the bench and O's one of the players that you can come on. Um, it's sounding a little bit daft to say that now, though, because he's he's not making the impact he did last season. When he came off the bench last year, he was he was getting in the faces of defenders. He was a physical threat. He was um, he was winning those high balls that was coming in. I was scoring a few goals. He looked like he was somebody that could really kick on this season and someone that might actually benefit by playing it in, under a Rodgers system. It hasn't really worked for him. But then, if he's only getting five, ten minutes here and there, it's not. He's another player that will need to start start starting games before he's actually going to, um, you know, get used to how we play before he becomes effective in how we play. And he's not going to get game time while Kyogo's in front of him scoring goals every week. So it's a tough one for him. But definitely, sooner rather than later, he needs to start taking the chances when he comes off the bench and make that impact that he was last season. Because we know he's got it in him. He just needs to show it again. Mm -hmm. It's just easier said than done. Seven goals and three starts last season. Uh, it doesn't look as though he's going to get many starts now, especially if 
Kyogo uh, gets back on the scoring run. And I think tonight he's uh, he's broken a personal deadlock and, and hopefully we can build on it. It's very frustrating. We'll be back, obviously, for the weekend, uh, back to domestic action against Kilmarnock. Will we get revenge for them knocking us out of the League Cup? Let's hope so. Uh, I've got to thank everybody for getting involved. A thousand strong on the post-match. It was a disappointing end to a promising night uh, where for a few moments we thought we were 2-1 up, Kevin. And if we were 2-1 up, I'm sure we would have put the game to bed. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Um, but we'll kick on and we'll be back tomorrow at 12.30. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you to Kevin McCluskey for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.